Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages and inner children of all ages, welcome to Mental Health Comedy with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Kalari. We're the show where comedians, entertainers come in and practice mental health skills. What are mental health skills? We know that mental health is a topic. We don't know how to practice it. When I say we, I mean me. And basically, this is a show where we get to look at those kind of things, how we deal with our thoughts and feelings. We know what physical fitness is. What the hell is emotional fitness? And why am I so angry? Okay, we'll talk all about that today. But on today's show, we're very lucky because, first of all, I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm your co-host. And along with me, my partner is Jennifer Kalari. Jennifer is a wonderful child and family therapist who has a great organization called ConnectedParenting.com. She teaches resilient skills. She wrote a book about parenting teens called You're Ruining My Life. So I became an instant fan at that point. We're going to talk to a really funny person, somebody who I met and immediately felt like they were family and felt so close to her. And that's Kira Sultanovich. Kira is a terrific comedian, hysterically funny, world-class improviser, been on The Tonight Show many times, many, many TV things tours around, not currently right now, but really works everywhere as a comic and, and is, is one of the rare people who actually is truly funny and a great, great comic. And also very, very open, very vulnerable, even though she's in her car right now, you'll still hear it, it'll come across. You know, we're going to talk about family today, we're going to talk about parenting, we're going to talk about dealing with parents. When I think about my parents, I actually, I did some genealogy I wrote a book called I Dream of Genealogy. I did a little genealogy <laughs> on my family. My family was one of the first families to go back on the Mayflower because somebody forgot to take a jacket. So that is, <laughs> that will tell you, we were originally signers on the Declaration of Codependence. We had, um, we had my great, 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 not so great uncle Caleb Krasnick, who was one of the first hypochondriacs to fight in the Civil War. And he surrendered at the Battle of Vicksburg where he moved because he said it cleared up his chest cold. So <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of family that I come from. I was not very good at drawing. I was, however, very good at withdrawing, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> withdrawing. I got an excellent in beating myself up. It was quite a family. We had my mother was a great storyteller and, and really, a lot of heart and a lot of caring there. And she had something in the house, a carbohydrate conveyor belt, where she would load snack crackers and Pop-Tarts and other foods. And it would come right through the kitchen table. Bread was used as a pillow of suffocation for emotions. I think <laughs> you know that. We had a family game called Hide and Go Eat. I think you know that. And the only thing to bring us together was the Ed Sullivan Show. Now, I'm ancient. God was not invented when I was born. I'm not young, certainly. I have an emotional resume, which I'll be sharing on the, on the show coming up. But, but today, this show, devoted to Kira Saltanovich. But first, Jennifer, I want to ask you, so dealing with parents, and specifically, there may be a lot of listeners who, who relate to this, Dealing with aging parents, what can people who are dealing with aging parents do? What are the kinds of skills that, that are needed specifically for that? And, and I guess specifically for, for dealing with your own parents. Well, listen, it's the same skills you would use with any human. 
right? It's, it's really good, good communication skills and learning how to operate with people and talk to anyone from a place of love, not fear. And that gets really complicated with your parents because depending on how your relationships were growing up, there can be a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, unresolved issues. Um, and that can really come into how we're interacting with our parents. And then the other piece is it really brings us to our own mortality, right? This realization that, that life really does come to an end and that you're losing your parents. And, and that's a whole complicated thing. And our parents, you know, when they start to get older and they start to become more frail or they start to need more help in some ways, that brings up a lot of issues for them. And it can also trigger a lot of things in us because we don't like to see that happen to our parents. A lot of button pushing and a lot of reacting can happen there's a story that comes along with it. You have a story about your childhood and how you grew up, like the ones that I was telling at the top of the show. And so all of that needs to be released so that you can actually start looking at your parents as people, but it's challenging. And so we're gonna break down some of, the, some of the skills, some of the stuff that goes on. And right now, it's a pleasure to welcome to the show, like I said, somebody who I feel very familiar with, like family, and a great comedian, truly, truly funny, who has her own family, has two kids and a mom who she is involved with right now. And, and so Kira Saltanovich, Kira, you're in your car. I am. Are you doing okay? Are you parked outside of someone's, like what, what's going on for you emotionally right now? Well, look, COVID has prevented me from working. So I'm actually at home right now in my car. So <laughs> You're living in your car. What we're living out of. And I've, I'm so honored that you feel like we are family from the day we met. I think it might have something to do with the fact that I hit you up for money, maybe. <laughs> yes, maybe that's it. <laughs> that, that you thought, wow, it's like family. But I'm, yeah. I'm uh, very honored to be on your show. And yes, I am taking care of an elderly mother. And yes, Jennifer, there are many unresolved issues you psychic therapist you and yes i'm talking to her the way i would talk to my four-year-old yep. it's a lot to juggle because my four-year-old finally you know out of diapers my mom in diapers i can't escape wiping someone's butt i just can't <laughs> escape it it's just yeah. i don't know how to just yeah. get out of this vicious cycle but here i am taking care of my mom and she's she's 78 so it's not like she's like oh my gosh that elderly but unfortunately she is a 78 year old with a lot of issues that i have to be present for right and it's it's wearing me very thin because i had to take care of her while homeschooling and i'm not qualified for either like oh. i'm not qualified to to be a caretaker and I'm not qualified to teach third grade math. And here we are, me doing both. And by the way, I'm not their real teacher. And they know that. And so the kids, remember how you treated your substitute teacher? Remember? Substitutes? <laughs> yeah. They'd walk in the room. Boo! Boo! You're not my real teacher. Boo! Yeah. And they haze you. And they treat yeah. you terribly. And... You know, and so I, it's a lose-lose. So fix it now. Now, okay. now, now here, now your mother, I just want Jennifer to hear your mom's voice because your mother is, your mother is Russian. 
And yes. so she has a very interesting way of communicating and, and you, this is what you deal with. Uh, so give me a little of your mother just so she can hear well, who she's dealing she with. She communicates in a variety of spits and slaps. So, you know, she spits a lot and she'll also smack you around a little bit. That's the Russian way. Okay. Um, it's a very intricate language, you know. What, what about you were telling um, me, you're telling me, you tell me that she thinks of herself as flexible. Right. <laughs> it's like when people meet my parents, my parents would come to different shows, like especially if I was performing in San Francisco where I grew up, my mom and my dad would be there separately, court ordered, right? Uh, so they're, they're there and people are like, oh my gosh, you know, Mr. Soltanovich, your daughter is so funny. And he, and he would say, she gets her sense of humor from me. Like in the most <laughs> aggressive, frightening way to say that you're funny. It doesn't match. Like my mother thinks she's very flexible. She is the most rigid person I have ever met. But yet in her mind, she's like a reed blowing in the wind. But that's the least of my issues. My issues right now is that I try to do good by everyone, but there's nothing like children to bring out the bipolar in you. I never thought that I even had like a scary demon inside of me, but boy, do I have a scary yeah. demon. Parents will bring that out in, in everyone. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it makes you feel like the biggest hypocrite in the world because you want to have kids because you want to have a human that you're helping and nurturing and living with, you know what I mean? It's like, well, then you, then you start to question when there's a virus and the whole world shuts down. Why did I have kids? Why did I even get married? Like this was not in my wedding vows. Like to have and to hold, to see your face 24 hours a day. It's not human. It's not natural. I don't think it's natural. Well, Anyways, yeah. back to you. I'll take my answer off Okay. Air. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Inner car. Go ahead. Well, okay. So let's set the context here because so much of this is so not normal, right? Like COVID and trying yeah. to parent and be the teacher and look after your mother and squish between two generations and worrying about a pandemic. Like it's just nuts. It really is. And so many people right now are so overwhelmed and so fried and, and so concerned, which by the way is collective. But like I think not only, and, and usually people who are very funny are highly sensitive. They're usually highly sensitive people. Right. And because they have the kind of brain that can just see connections and see 40 steps ahead of where they are, that works really well when you're doing improv. It sucks at four in the morning when you're lying in bed thinking about your life, right? It goes in the absolute opposite direction and your brain can literally terrorize itself. And on top of that, you've got multi-generational stress <laughs> in your family. Right. So you're not alone. And parenting by itself is really difficult. I mean, it, it is. It can be a nightmare. It, it's so hard. I have so many families that I work with and so many moms who said to me, I was such a nice person before I had kids. Like I never yeah. yelled at anybody. Now I'm screaming all the time. It's so hard. It can bring out the ugliest parts of your soul that you didn't even know were there. But yes, it can yes. also bring out such joy, right? Such love that you've never felt in your whole life. But yeah, you can feel kind of bipolar. It, it's crazy making. So you've got, how old are your kids? My oldest is nine. And then my daughter is four, about to turn five next month. Okay. So great yeah. age, but busy, busy. The nine-year-old is a douche. <laughs> I mean, I, it's like unreal. It's unreal. If you met him, 
he would sit down and he would charm the pants. I mean, this guy is meant to be any kind of like, whatever. He, he says he wants to be an evil lawyer. But anyway, so <laughs> he could be truly anything because he is so charismatic and so charming. If you were to sit down with him and you'd be like, my God, he's intelligent. He can carry a conversation. He's so creative and imaginative. And then she walks in the room. He clotheslines her. He puts his foot out. So she trips over him. I mean, it's like hazing, hazing. It's like, she's rushing a fraternity and he's the president and he's <laughs> cruel. Like yeah. mean, like I get it, sibling rivalry. I get it. Millions of books have been written. Oh, my kids oh, no, fight over a toy. That's no. This is different level. He's trying to end her. He's trying <laughs> to end her, and it's so I can't watch it. And my husband yeah, and I horrible. are like, "Why are you such a dick?" Can we say words? I'm sorry. Of you course can you, can. you can. You can. On you this, want. you can. Yeah. Because let it, let I, it flow. I, I I was such a people pleaser when I was a kid. Oh my God. All I wanted was for all the kids to like me. I just wanted everybody, like I would do anything for everyone, right? Like everyone's yelling, not it, not it, not it. I'm volunteering. I will be it for the entire game. Like I'll be it. Just play with me. My husband, like this introvert, just played all the time. Sure, he got into fights with his sister, but nothing like this MMA headlock. Like no one's happy unless there's blood. I just, it's hard breaking to okay. me. I know you're not supposed wow. to compare your child. No, no, this is this is great because there are a lot of kids like this. There are mothers and fathers listening. They're like, oh my God, there are other kids out there like mine. Right? So we're going to get to your mom, but let's talk about your nine-year-old. Okay? Because right off the bat, this is a so kind of kid. jealous. Okay. So jealous. He honestly jealous. sounds like the kind of kid we work with at Connected Parenting. Like these are our babies. These are our kids. I call them gladiators. They are feisty yeah. and sassy and charming and dynamic, but they can be so mean. If so. you cross them, they will like flatten you. And, and then they'll absolutely think it was the other person that did it. They, they have a very difficult time taking responsibility for their own behavior. Everybody yes. deserves it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really scary because it yeah. reminds me of someone in office right now. I don't want to say, I don't know who you guys vote for, but it's like all of those qualities. Yeah. It's okay. All That's it's like presidential qualities, if I yeah. may say so, to be non-political, okay. <laughs> but it's my husband and I, like, we just, we're worried, like we're scared because he also lies and I personally can't handle that. Okay. If can I can't I, trust can I, you. Yes. Can please. I do a little You're, checklist with you? Cause yes, I, I already please. have a hypothesis of what I think. Oh my gosh. On. Okay. So How I already have a hypothesis. much do I owe you? I go. will write you a check okay. right now. I will write the you a check. Well, and this, my checklist is crazy and we'll see how he answers. And then there'll be other people listening that'll do the same thing. So I got some questions for you. Obviously you've answered some, a lot of these kids, these gladiator kids never recover from having a sibling. It's an injury oh. beyond how dare they be born and oh. ruin my place in the world. So that's, that's one thing. Is he a perfectionist? So he'll do something. If he can do it really well, he'll do it. The second he can't do it, the second it's difficult, does he quit and give up? Yeah, I would say, I mean, not every time, but yes, it, for the majority of the times, yes. Yeah. Okay. He will freak out if something, you know, breaks. He'll freak out if he was drawing something and he makes a mistake. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about that. Okay. okay. And is he yep. obsessed with justice and fairness? He can break all the rules, but do other people have to follow the rules? Yes. Okay. Um, yep. Is he a terrible sleeper? 
No. Oh, he's a good sleeper. He's a great sleeper. Oh, thank God. Almost, okay. almost frightening how deep he sleeps. Uh, they were sleeping on a trundle bed situation and she had a, a stomach bug and she threw up on him in the middle of the night <laughs> and he slept through it. And we oh had to God. clean him and take off his pajamas. Okay. And, That's yeah, once so, he's asleep. Does he fall asleep? Yeah. Okay. Or does he fight sleep? Yes. Great sleep. Great sleeper. Does not fight sleep. Okay. Great perfect. Sleep. Okay. That's a blessing. That's a very good thing. Is he a picky eater? Uh, I, I mean, it's not his fault because I'm a crazy person who has them like on gluten-free foods and like I'm a lunatic like that. Right. So yes and no. Yes I, and no, no, I would not say that that okay. characterizes him. No. Okay. So you've already kind of answered this. If somebody wrongs him, he will, does he talk about revenge a lot? Is there revenge talk? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So he's a giver-upper too, kind of? Like if it doesn't work right away, you said he'll scrap it? I mean, he'll complain first a lot. He doesn't just walk away easily. Right. So he'll put more effort into complaining about it than actually doing it? Right. Or like I say, let's find, let's find a solution. Let's not just sit in the problem. Let's work and find a solution. That's always my thing, like my mm -hmm. go-to. Mm -hmm. And he'll just sit and want to complain. Want to complain. First. Yeah. Yeah. They mm -hmm. like to complain. Is he a crazy negotiator? Is everything a negotiation? Everything Relentless? is a negotiation. Yeah. yeah. Is he a grudge holder? Like you've promised me that donut when I was yes. three and you never. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is he a horrible loser? Like in yes. games, board games. Yes. And also well, a horrible this is winner. The worst, this is the worst dating profile ever. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. He is a, a horrible winner. And he'll, he'll celebrate a victory over his little sister who doesn't even know how to play the game. Yeah. She doesn't even know what she's doing. Horrible winner, yeah. horrible loser. Yeah. And also like really hard on other people. Like you almost think is, okay, he's not, but a lot of parents are like, is my child a psychopath? Like his reaction is so disproportionate when he feels wronged that it's right. frightening. Well, and it I sounds like that already. Yeah, I know he's not a psychopath because if he sees an injured animal, okay. he's like crying for days. Interesting. So this great. was my next question. Is he super yeah. lovely around animals? Yes. People, older people, oh, like social justice. Okay, you're saying yes to a lot. Of, does he have a good oh, vocabulary? Amazing. This okay. kid's a genius. Curious? Genius. Very. Very curious? Okay. So here's what I think. Now, this is not a thing. You can't like take this to the bank, but right away, just when you first started talking about him, my, my lights went off because these are the kinds of kids we work with. I suspect that he's probably gifted. Okay. Extremely. Which, okay. It's no We've gift. We've tested him. We've tested him. Oh, you have. Him. Okay. I know it's no gift. It's oh, no I gift. know. Gifted? No. Gifted should come with a receipt so you yes. can return it's this. It's a nightmare. Yeah. You'd like to re-gift him. You'd like to re-gift him. Extremely bright. Yeah, extremely bright, like off the charts. So in his school, you could have a total of 130 whatever score, right? He had above that, which I don't even know how you can do that yeah. because that's the that's No, he's 99.9. Like he scored yeah. above it. Yeah, he scored well, over what you can possibly even there's score. There's also two kinds of gifted kids. Okay, so there's kids. So across the board, you have to score above the 98th percentile across the board. They're looking at perceptual intelligence and verbal intelligence and a few other things. I'm giving you the kind of Cole's notes here. Kids who are higher in the perceptual area, so they're above the 98th percentile, but they might be the 99th percentile in like perceptual stuff, math, patterns, all of those things, tend to be a little more easygoing, like kind of easier, 
emotionally not as reactive. Kids who score really high in the verbal, and I bet you anything his highest scores, the highest of the highest scores were in the verbal area. They're the overthinkers and the ruminators and they don't let go of things and they're anticipating everything. And if that happens, then that's going to happen. And then if that happens, that's going to happen. And they're already mad before you've even left the house. Like yep, they, yep. they live in the future. They can be so charming and so funny and so amazing and so unbelievably impossible uh -huh. to parent. They can be super nasty. They can sometimes have authority issues. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're perfect at school, but like a nightmare at home and the teacher would never believe it. Or they're a nightmare in both places. Which is he? Nightmare in both. Okay. So he's got yep. the authoritarian issues. They also uh -huh. go into what I call a vortex. So the second something doesn't go right, the whole world is against them. And you're uh -huh. against me and nothing ever works for me. And they get themselves in these horrible vortexes. And the more you try to come up with the solution, which is what you were saying a few moments ago, the more they double down to convince you why there is no solution. Uh -huh. And as they're doing that, they're making themselves more upset because they're very good at arguing. They're very good at negotiators. So they get themselves uh -huh. further convinced that there's no end to this nightmare and things are going to be like this for the rest of their lives. I have a quick question. Yeah. Is he able to navigate Spotify? Because if he hears this, <laughs> your life, as we know it, is over. No, um, well, I'm going to tell you something, Ed. If he okay. hears this, he'll be so happy about the gifted part. He'll be okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, good. But here's the other thing. Okay, so he gets into this vortex thing and he gets overwhelmed. The ability of the frontal lobe, so gifted kids are so brilliant, but it's almost like there's more neuropathways in the brain. His head's not bigger. There's just more density in there. There's more pathways. There's more hardwiring in there. There's more hardware. Uh-huh. So what that happens is it actually squeezes the membrane between the frontal lobe and the midbrain. The frontal lobe is the part that organizes, prioritizes, takes perspectives, regulates, inhibits, all of that stuff. And the midbrain's job is to freak out and decide if you're in danger or not. And so what happens to a lot of these kinds of kids, these gladiator gifted type of kids, is that their frontal lobe goes offline much faster than anybody else's. If they're reacting, they are blowing up, they are plotting, they're convinced the whole world is against them. They're suffering. Actually, he's in pain a lot of the he time. He is. He yeah. is. And so we try to, because we see that, and so we try to react with empathy, but it doesn't seem to diminish Well, so here's all. the thing. With, with a gifted kid, when you try to just use like active listening, like I understand, honey, oh, that must be so difficult. He will go through the roof shut up shut up stop saying that like he will not be able to handle that because he's already feeling upset so when you highlight that he then gets more upset well They're with also, him he yeah. actually he likes it when we jump in and try to fix it and solve it but i don't feel like that should be my job like he wants us to drop everything and be and just as problem. upset about something that happened as he is okay well i have something that's kind of magical that will that will actually work okay, okay. so so when you try to just empathize and stay in the emotion of it, it won't work. He'll just swim around. It'll just make him more upset. What happens is they have the ability to suck the oxygen out of the room. Yeah. So they will swirl until everyone in the household, including your mother, is a mess. Okay. Like uh -huh. he, they're like little vortexes and they're their own black hole and they suck everyone in. And they're exhausting. You love them and they're amazing and you can see their potential, but they're exhausting these uh -huh. children. And they're usually two, like a couple steps ahead of their parents. Right? So it's, it's like a high speed chess game all the time. 
And uh-huh. if you try to set a consequence, they're like, fine, then I'm going to take your car keys. Like they're, they have no problem setting a consequence back on you at the mm-hmm. same time. That's part of it. So if you just use empathy and if it's sympathy, he'll hate that. So I teach parents something called the calm technique, which is really going to be difficult to explain in a few minutes, but essentially it's using a technique called mirroring, which releases oxytocin and opiates into the bloodstream, chemically calming the person down. So think your mother at the same time while I'm telling you this. And basically what you're doing is you're putting your own agenda aside, which we'll get to some strategies on how to do that because that's not easy Mm -hmm. and they will not make it easy. Oh, I should also mention that he's a little radio receiver. So he's not only feeling his emotions, he's feeling yours, he's feeling your husband's, he's feeling Uh the world's. They can walk into a room and they'll absorb everybody else's mood, even if they were in a perfectly good mood before they walked in. Hmm. They're highly, highly sensitive. He's what's called an HSP, a highly sensitive person, Hmm. which means he's constantly reacting to his environment instead of responding. So the calm technique means you're going to connect first, you're going to put your agenda aside. The next letter is A, that's affect matching. That means the affect on your face needs to kind of match the one on his. Not exactly, because that's weird, but that's why he wants you to get the urgency of what he's upset about. If Mm -hmm. you don't get the urgency of what he's upset about, he's going to lock you down. He's going to lock onto you and make sure that you get it. And he's going to go on and on and on until you want to jump out the window, trying to help you understand how devastating and how terrible this situation is that he's found himself in. So the affect matching is really important. You also take your agenda, which is how dare you speak to me that way. And oh my God, you're going to grow up and no one, you're not going to have any friends and how you're ever going to be successful if you maneuver in the world this way and all of that stuff. You got to put that aside. Then L is the next one. So this is when you're listening. You can clarify, which is the best one for a gladiator kid. You can summarize, you can paraphrase, or you can wonder out loud. So I'll I'll leave clarifying to the end because that's the one that's going to work like magic with him. But if you're using like a summary, so let's say he's building, I don't know, a Lego thing. He's building the Uh Millennium Falcon out of Lego, okay? Uh And one little thing goes wrong and now he's hysterical. I hate the people at Lego need to be fired. You need to do something. My life is over and nothing ever works the way I want it to and the whole thing. Uh If you come upstairs and you're like, honey, let's see if we can fix it. Like, we'll just do it again. No, we can't do it again. You don't know how. Like anything you try to suggest, he's probably going to have a counter for. Yep. With a typical kid, you could paraphrase. So you would say the same thing he just said with like a little twist. So you're sort of figuring like how this is somebody's job to make Lego. And here you are, a really intelligent kid making something and it fell apart. I didn't say the people at Lego should be fired, but but do you see how I'm matching him? Right. Yeah. That works really well. That's paraphrasing. You could summarize. Oh my God, this happens to you every time. Every time this happens with these Lego pieces. What's going on? This happened when you were trying to build the whatever, right? So you're now linking it back that you've noticed that this has happened to him with this Lego at other times. Now what's happening when you're doing this is cortisol is dropping and oxytocin is rising. Oxytocin is a very powerful hormone slash neurotransmitter that connects you, that creates empathy and soothes and biochemically calms the person down in front of you. And this will work on your mother too, okay? On anybody. It just takes practice. It's easier said than done. So that's paraphrasing, summarizing. You can wonder out loud, which he might have a big reaction to, but maybe for your other child. It's like, you know, they're upset about Lego, but you know they didn't get invited to a birthday party. And that's really what they're upset about. So you Mm -hmm. mirror the Lego and then they say, but you know what? I'm wondering how much of this has to do with the fact that you were sure you were going to get invited to Josh's party and you didn't. Yeah. And then the tears come and then it's because of that. It's linking things together to help them understand their emotions. But the one for him is clarifying. This is the one that's going to be magic. 
This is where you go, so what's going on here? Like what piece didn't work? Where exactly did this fall apart? And you've got to be almost as annoyed as he is with it. Can you hear that sound in my voice? Yeah. It yes. can't be, I understand, you know, this is, I know the people that like, it can't have that lilt. If it has that lilt, you're done. It's over. It's never going to work on him. It has to be, tell me about this. Okay. So what's going on here? Like why, where do you think it went wrong? He will love to tell you why. I'm going to ask, uh, and Kira, if you're not comfortable with this, it's fine, but uh, can you just do him, just be him? And then Jennifer, can you demonstrate clarifying yeah. and the tone that you have? So let her do, you do, uh, do your son. Give your son and then Jennifer will, yeah, give will me a clarify. Scenario. Okay, so the other day, we're, we're teaching the four-year-old, she's almost five, how to play chess, okay? Mm -hmm. So they're playing. My husband walks into the room and is helping the four-year-old, which starts to aggravate my nine-year-old because, of course, my husband is helping her and she's making the right moves. And now his name is Brayden. Brayden is saying, you guys are cheating. You guys are cheating. You're cheaters. And I wish my husband would have just walked away, but he didn't. He and Claire won that chess game and Brayden lost his mind mm -hmm. and was just screaming, it's not fair and you're cheating and daddy's mean and why did he come in? And I was trying to teach Claire and just cheating, cheating, cheating. So that's, that's the scenario. Okay, perfect. This is a great scenario. So let me say two things that are really important about him. Okay. Children like this have what I call the burn. Okay. They get uh -huh. deeply mortified by anything and everything. If you like say, honey, hang that up. He hears, hang that up, you effing idiot. Like that's not how you said it, but right. that's how he hears it. It's a reaction sensitivity. It's like a dysphoria. Everything comes in louder, harder, meaner than it's actually said. So they will tell yes. you you're yelling at them when you're not, like you, you're yes. not. Yes. So you have to understand it's like everything is sandpaper, right? So losing is this, I call it the burn because I've had so many of these kids describe it, like a hot feeling of lava that just goes from your head right through your groin. It's like, right. imagine like you just got caught at doing something really that you shouldn't be doing, that feeling of like horror that drops right through you. He feels like that a hundred times a day. And he's spending all his energy trying to avoid that. And he does that by going on the attack instead of being on the defensive. So do kids ever learn how to manage it? Do they eventually grow out of it? Like that's a really stressful way to live. It is. So it is. what's the solution then? So part, well, so this is what we do at Connected Parenting, right? These are our kids. So we teach the parent how to parent a child like this to, to make their environment optimal and to support and help the parents because they're not easy. And then we often work with the child one-on-one -on -one and basically do resilience training with them. We're going to do the role play though. Ed, you wanted to jump in for one second. The role play is Kira, you know, Kira knows this, this voice so well. So be Braden and then Jennifer will do the technique that she's talking about. And then okay, we can Okay, but I'm going to do this two ways because okay. it's better this way. I'm going to okay. do it the way most parents do it first. Yeah, and good. watch how it blows up. And then good. we'll do it the second way and watch how the calm technique works. Good. You be brave and Kira and Jennifer will demonstrate the technique. Okay. I'm just going to put on a Darth Vader t-shirt to get into character. Okay, awesome. right back. <laughs> okay. You are my father. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. 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 Maybe start with him because I don't know what move had just happened okay. that made him upset. Daddy is a cheater. 
Daddy came in here. I was playing with Claire. I'm trying to teach her how to play chess. And he came in here and he started okay, helping honey, her. Stop, stop, and stop. He's that a is not a cheater. Why would dad cheat against you? That doesn't even because make any sense. Because he honey. wants Claire to win. Okay. Well, maybe it's okay. She's four years old. Can't, just, she, she's learning. Why are you so hard on her? Let her learn the game. Why are you because always I was attacking playing. her? I was playing. We were calmly playing. Okay, and Daddy so you didn't can have play to come later, in. and it'll and Dad, you can play with Dad later. Like I don't know, you're her big brother. Can't you see that her your job is to help her? Why are you always all over her? I was helping her. I was helping her. I was teaching her how to play chess. I know, but you're teaching her by. Okay, so you see where this is going. How, right. So energetically, yeah. what's happening here? What's happening to you well, as Brayden? It, it, it's yeah, it's him just defending his stance. Like it's he's not going to see that he is you know what we would call overreacting what we as parents look yeah. at as overreacting he's not going to see that he's going to see it as injustice right so here's what happens in every but fight he, you have with everybody on the planet by the way okay and it's happening politically this is why there's masks no masks and every nobody can have a conversation about anything anymore is he's operating from a position of justice and fairness fairness and cheating okay and to right. him that is primary. There is nothing else on the planet more important. If you cheat, you're like, it's a disaster. And you're operating from, from a place of care versus harm, right. right? How can we care for your sister? How can we help her in this situation? So she learned something. So she's not degraded in this situation. And so for you, nothing could be more important as the mama bear in that situation for Claire. Claire is your daughter's name? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But for Brayden, it's like, how can you ignore the injustice? Right? So, so as we're, I'm, I can't believe how nasty he is and he's not able at all to care about his little sister. And I'm shocked and horrified by that. And he's horrified that you would raise a child that would cheat. Right? And, and what's that. funny is that he cheats. All of course. That's why I said in my questionnaire, can he break all the rules? Because it's very different when he's doing yes. it. There's always he a cheats. reason why he's doing it. It will always be okay. But when it's somebody yeah. else, he will never forget it. And he will remember that for the rest of his life. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now let's try this again. Okay. And this time I'm going to use the calm technique. And I'm going to do that by clarifying and doing a little bit of the summarizing. And I'm going to operate from his position, which is social, which is justice and cheating and unfairness. It's going to look a little crazy in the beginning, but watch what happens to Raiden. Okay, so okay. run to me and tell me again. Daddy is a cheater. He helped Claire win. And what? we were playing chess. Uh -huh. And he went in and gave her, told her what to do, all what? the moves to do. And okay, he wait. cheated and they won. Okay, hold on. Are you serious? So you're playing a game. I mean, he's telling Claire all the pieces. He's telling her what to do ahead of time for her. And I was sitting there teaching uh -huh. her how to play chess. We were calmly sitting there. And okay. then daddy has to come hmm. in and teach her everything to do. And, and then okay. they won. But they won. Okay. she won because she cheated. So Okay. So this is a huge thing because for you cheating and fairness is really a big deal for you. And, and as a big brother, you want her to know how important it is not to cheat and actually to learn the game, right? So if dad comes in and just says, oh, make this move, she's not going to learn the game and she's not going to learn about winning or losing and cheating. Is that, is that kind of where you're coming from, Braden? Well, yeah, because we were playing and I was winning. Yeah. And then he comes in and he tells her all the moves okay. to do. All right. So on top and of now that, she you, won. Right. So on top of it, you were actually winning the game and had the win stolen from you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. So we'll get to the second part in a second, but can you feel the different energy there? What's happening there for you? 
yes, it's the what I call maybe I'm not using the right words, but I I feel like I do something similar to mirroring. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do that already, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm not doing it like maybe I don't have the follow through because it usually falls apart. Right. Okay. <laughs> like I, so I start off yeah. in that energy. Well, I, usually what happens which, is you start there to kind of calm your kid down, and then your agenda, which is care versus harm, starts to come back in. And as soon as your agenda comes back in, he's going to escalate again. So you need three or four very clean statements. And it sounds crazy, right? It sounds like you're saying something against the dad, but I, I never did. I'm just clarifying his right. position. Right. I'm just right. talking about what that felt like from, for him in that particular space-time moment, okay? Right. I'm not saying right. anything about whether what his dad did or didn't did. I'm just, I'm, do, I'm just clarifying from him. That's usually three or four deep loving, meaningful statements like that. And you could see in the second scenario, you were, you were talking slower. Because it's funny, like even in these role plays, your brain can't tell the difference between it really happening and it being an imaginary. It's the same thing to your brain. Right. Right? So right. now, once you think you've gotten him, that he's made his point, he will not let go until he feels that you've understood his particular vantage point. Then he's going to get the cortisol dropping. Then the oxytocin is going to flow. He's going to chemically calm down. And then you can say, then here's the thing that always works with gifted kids. Look, you got to remind him of that he's better than this and he's so smart. Okay. They love that. So you say, look, you're a really intelligent kid and I know that you have the ability. So we're going to role play again. And you can see things from all different angles. So we've kind of established that the cheating thing is a really big problem, but I know you're smart enough to flip and see a different side of this. And now you can start to say, why do you think daddy did that? And do you think that people can learn in stages? And is there a difference between being four and nine when you're learning? That's how you can come to the middle. It may be that he goes up and down. Like as soon as he catches on that you're trying to, you know, make it look better than he thinks it is, he'll escalate again and then you'll de-escalate in the same way. So these conversations have this kind of ebb and flow. I would also say that with a kid like this, because you asked, do they grow out of it or whatever? Your husband and you both learning how to interact with him this way and staying neutral. Because the other thing that will happen is his frontal lobe doesn't work very well. So he wants to flip out. So he's going to go at you until one of you blows up. Then when one of you blows up, he gets a blast of adrenaline. Adrenaline is a stimulant. It stimulates his frontal lobe, just like ADHD medication. He gets a hit. He gets it all out. He discharges it. And he goes on with his day while you and your husband are a dish rag on the floor and poor Claire is crying. That's how it works, right? Yes. So- Partly, it's, and this is a much bigger conversation. This is what we teach at Connected Parenting. It's like a two-sided thing where you contain and you use empathy and compassion as medicine at the same time. But basically, try this technique with him. Try staying as neutral as you can with him. Make sure you're getting the facet of whatever it is he's focused on because he won't let go until you do. Stay super neutral and, and don't be afraid of him. Like if he needs to blow up, let him blow up. Say, fine, you know what? Go blow up. We've had a good conversation about it. Stomp, scream, throw yourself on the floor, do what you have to do, but it's not changing. This is what daddy did what he felt like he had to do. And you can do that after you have been very kind and nurturing. Then you come in and you be, you're, you're the containment. They will be the alphas. He thinks he's the alpha in the house. Yes. That creates more anxiety, which by the way, he's probably a ball of anxiety. So is your mother. The more power he has, the more anxious he becomes. Do you have to find a way to be the alpha? with him and it's not an easy process. It's usually something you need some 
support well, and some planning and some strategizing about. Well, I would say too, and I'm getting this from you, Jennifer, the big thing also is the intention. If your intention is to de-escalate and fix the situation, you're going to have a problem. But if your intention yeah. is to connect, yes, you're right. going I love to, you, him you, through that's this, the right? only intention. The only intention is to connect. This problem, well, he, I don't know if yes. it's going to be solved or not, but it's, your it's, intention right, is to connect. Yeah. He is so bright that if he figures out that you're doing this to get him to calm down, to see your point of view, it won't work. It must be absolutely fully genuine. And this child is in a lot of pain. He's causing a lot of pain. It's like a chain of pain in the family. But when he's this upset, this is one thing that you can do that will really help. While he's saying whatever it is that he's saying, you're going to be repeating in your head. Don't say this out loud because it'll freak him out. But in your head, you're saying, you know what? I'm sorry, my darling. You are in so much pain. You're in so much pain and you don't know what else to do. You're, you're hurting so much that this is the only thing you can think of to help deal with it. And just keep reframing that over and over again. And what will happen is your energy will change. Because remember I said he's a radio receiver. Yeah. He's going to pick up on your energy long before your words. And so if your energy is in this connected place of like, he's in so much pain, my kid, like he just, everything hurts him. Yeah. It hurts him to just be. And listen, if he fell and cut his knee open, you wouldn't be like, well, you know what? You do have another knee. Why don't you start thinking your, your other knee's not bleeding? Like, we just would right. never do that. But with emotional pain, we often do. It's staying in that place. Now what will happen is all the micro expressions on your face are going to change. He will pick up a completely different energy from you and he will usually calm down. These things work really, really well with these kids. It's a whole practice, right? And it, it, you have to kind of get better and better. And Ed, you always talk about this with mental health. It's, it's practice. It's a practice. It's a this practice. It's not a, oh, I figured it out and I'm going to do it. Like it's going to take but, time. But the biggest thing, even if, if you're listening at home and you're thinking, okay, that sounds like a lot to do. I don't know if I can do that. Your intention. Just notice it. Just watch your intention. You head into that room. You're in panic mode. You want to fix it, but your intention is to fix it, solve it, stop it. You don't want it to continue. Right. So you want to stop right. it from happening. Right. Well, that change, yes. drop that intention, drop it because yeah, it doesn't he, work. Yeah. And drop he it. does not want to be controlled ever, no matter what the circumstances. I'm not going to fix huge, it. Yeah. My intention yeah. now is to connect with Braden. That's my only intention. And I really want to do it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing it so he'll quiet down. And he will not make it easy. And Braden has a very powerful counterwell. It's built into his operating system. He, like, he will oppose everything. If it's not his idea, it's suspect. Ed's so right. The intention piece is really, really, really important. And the truth is a lot of people say, oh my God, this sounds like so much work. I don't know. This sounds so hard. But honestly, it is so much more work not to do it. And if you bend right. all the time and let Braden get away with everything all the time, he's going to have a huge... If you don't teach him, life will. And life is a much harsher teacher, a much harsher teacher. I mean, we, so, we talk about, you know, the bullying that he does for his sister. My gosh, you know, I wouldn't want him to experience it, but there's a good chance he will. He will. Yeah, especially because he's so reactive. And with him, it's all about connections. I just want to say to the people listening, you know, intention, summarization, clarifying for somebody, matching their emotion, matching their affect. If you did none of it, but your intention changed. That would be so much. That well, and, would take and, so yeah. much. Especially if that intention is from a place of love. And that's how you're parenting from love, not fear. 
And with Brayden, that behavior with his sister, you're going to be able to use that as a target behavior. That will get better as you are doing this other stuff with him. And the more you connect with him and show him pictures when he's a baby and like really work on that connection, the less nasty he will have to be to her, the less of a threat his sister show will be. Show him pictures yeah. of him as a baby? Himself as a baby. Yeah. Now some gifted kids are like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to look at baby pictures. It makes me sad. And some just love hear, hearing stories about themselves. Oh, yeah, he loves and it. Yeah. Like, loves yeah. It. So go with that. That's all medicine. That's all medicine. And you're doing that for him. And you're also doing that from Claire, for Claire. Cause now you have a difficult job. You have to protect her in all of this because yeah. her reality in her world is being She's changed by having a brother like constantly this, right? dumped on by him yeah. you know yeah. constantly told no, that she... she's not good and yeah. she'll walk out of a room and just say i'm not good enough to play oh, with Brayden. baby i know so i know you need to do it's all this stuff that i'm teaching you with her too the calm technique right. with her the baby play with her that builds her resilience from the inside out so she can handle her brother better and your mother, who we started out with and never got to. But listen, all of this will work on her as well. We're going to do the mother next time because you're going to come back. That's for sure. You're going to come back. Hopefully, you'll leave your car, but you will come back. <laughs> you will come back. First of all, you've been listening to Mental Health Comedy with Ed Krasnick, Jennifer Kalari, and our special guest, Kira Saltanovich, talking about family, talking about kids, siblings, and adult parents dealing with adult parents it's all about parenting it's all about self-parenting in the moment any one of these things but your intention is a big thing before i close i just want to say i have a new definition for insanity moving to la starting a career in entertainment and expecting a different result that is the new <laughs> definition for me of insanity thank you so much kira it's a pleasure talking to thank you and you, i'm kira Thank you. Thanks for having me on and letting me just vomit all that all over the place. <laughs> we're There's do... so many other parents who are like, oh my God, I'm not alone. You yeah, are not you alone. Are not. And we're going to do, do much more. And I want to just tell you, connectedparenting.com, all of these kinds of skills are taught by Jennifer. There are all kinds of information for you, including all kinds of support for you and all kinds of of things that you can actually do. That's the one thing I like about Jennifer. One of the many things is that she actually gives you practical things that you can do. And that's mental health, a practice, something that you do. Not something that you talk about only, but something that you actually do. And I, I'm listening to, to this for myself as I'm talking about it, because I could do a lot more of it myself. But I will say that you're listening to Mental Health Comedy. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Find us everywhere, subscribe. Thank you, Kira. Thank you, Jennifer. And we will see you next time and take good care of yourself. Bye. Bye, Kira. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.